What's up, folks? It is back. We're back. Ugh, I can't even talk. <laughs> What's up, folks? <laughs> We're back for episode 271 of the Big Go Build podcast. We are live this weekend. Um, and unfortunately, we will be starting off the show in some um, sad news within not just the wrestling world, but just in the world, uh, period, as it's been covered on every uh, news outlet. I've and I was I was surprised at that much, but it was well deserved. But uh, we lost uh, a hero uh, this weekend to a tragedy that happened. Um, so we're we're definitely going to um, give our thoughts about that in a quick second. But I just want to make sure, just in case this is your first time ever watching or listening to us, that we just introduce who we are. And I am Two Chains here, the host, and I'm along to the left of me is Mr. John Crab Jamal. Yep, that's Bel- me. Below him, here Will Mahoney. What's going on? It's like we got the Brady Bunch deal going on here with the nice little lined up boxes tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and under me and next to Will is Damian Salty G. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the new normal in terms of people not covering their mouths. So hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, like I said, uh, we, we, we start to show off on, to show off on, on somber news because, uh, again, we lost the hero and um Shad Gaspar um man known him from WWE uh working with the um the, the stable or tag team crime time and um if you haven't heard he was uh, he was he was he he died in a tragedy he was at sea with a couple of friends i believe more importantly him and his son Yes. Um, and there was uh, some riptides that was going on. Um, and in his last efforts, he was able to save his son by making sure his son got the safety by the uh, by the lifeguards. And then he was quickly uh, brought under, went missing for about two days. Um, there's there's actually some really heroic stories as far as the searching as well as that uh, as well as far as that goes. Um, and then his body was recently found as it um, washed washed against the uh, the beach. Um, so, with that being said, you know I just give everybody a quick chance to just give your thoughts on it and uh, or just any memories of of, of Shad. Well, I, I go first and, I, and say that um, he's definitely one of those guys that when you saw him, you know he was a huge guy, uh, you know larger than life, mammoth dude, and I think for me. Unfortunately, because of WWE and they are what they are, he got saddled with this, you know, stereotypically, you know, urban street the gimmick in crime time. And they made the most out of it. And I thought that um, him and JTG, um, they definitely, you know, had a thing going and it worked. When it worked, it worked well. And unfortunately, it didn't work um, as long. They didn't have a long enough of run as they could have. But still, um definitely one of those guys that you just hear nothing but good things about mm-hmm. and and not in like a because of his stature you know just because literally who he was and the type of person that he was everything that I'm reading for people that knew him whether personally or professionally are just genuinely good things and you can see that in his last act which was you know uh, handing you know making sure that his son was secured um, regardless of his safety and you know he it's definitely a choice that had to be made and not everybody's going to make that choice but you know he did and he's goddamn right he's here for it absolutely i'll i'm gonna reiterate and echo a lot of what jamal just said but it's absolutely true as the, as the father of the group here you protect your kids 
You do whatever you absolutely ever have to do for your kids. And for his last act to literally be that the the lifeguards came up, they're trying to pull people out of that water. They saw the situation that was going on, and he's like, take my son, and made sure his son got to safety. And from apparently reports told his last words he said to his son was like, push off me and get where you need to go. And then it was just too late. I guess this riptide was just nuts. They're they're getting out of there and they, they saw him go under and that was the last they saw of him. But I mean, his very last act, you can't argue with that. That, that is a man that is a father that is a hero personified. And the outpouring of support this week, it happened last Sunday and Monday morning is when we really started hearing about it. And just everybody in the wrestling business to, to a T, I did not see one single person not just that wasn't distraught over it and just singing the praises of what a great guy Shad Gaspard was. No one had a bad thing to say about this dude and in the wrestling business. That's pretty damn remarkable. That's an elite tier of people that you can say just universally loved a beloved dude. Even any fans have come out with stories this week talking about anytime they met him, just the nicest, most down to earth dude, not big time in anybody. And would just talk to you like a friend as soon as he met you. So nothing but good things to hear about Shaq Gaspar. Probably going to have to watch some crime time stuff this weekend. Definitely a memorable dude that has left a memorable lasting impression in the world this week. And I think to echo what you know you just said, Will, the impression he's left on everybody in professional wrestling, I didn't even know he had that far of a reach. And mm-hmm. when you hear all these, all the independent wrestlers, all the promoters, all the wrestling journalists who – had the honor to kind of be around him or even people at the gym there's video circulating you know at the gold gym he would frequent everybody he had a big smile for um i I hope everyone can visit collar and elbow the website because there is a charity t-shirt in his honor uh all proceeds go to his family on the collar and elbow uh website you know a chad a shad gaspar t-shirt i'm going to buy one uh because i can only imagine you know, as a grief counselor, what his wife and son must be experiencing. And uh, I guarantee you, he will not be forgotten in the annals of, of wrestling, uh, wrestlers, promoters, fans, uh, people like us who talk about it. Uh, he, he'll, he'll leave a legacy. And it's, it's a shame because he was so young. And yet, like you all said, the ultimate sacrifice. And not everyone's willing to make it. And it made even me think about what I, would I be willing to do that for anyone other than my child, if I had one. And, you know, that's a really, you know, tough act to follow, but, uh, you know, just speechless actually. Yeah, there's, there, like I say, there's a lot of good testimonies out there. Um, I thought Batista's was very, very heartfelt, although he said he didn't know him uh, or, you know, they were like best of friends or anything. He, he knew a lot about where his heart was at and somebody that just wanted to just, you know, live his life to the fullest, but also pursue their dreams. And, you know, outside of wrestling, he's done a lot of other Mm -hmm. um, Hollywood stuff. He had um, some work in uh, Birds of Prey, which is a huge movie. Um, He's did some mocap work for some games and stuff. So, you know, and anything and everything that he's touched, everyone always said how, um, how big of a positive atmosphere he brought around him. And I got to be a thousand percent honest. I will, I will, I will keep it a thousand percent here. My intentions of going down for WrestleMania weekend was like 10%. And the 10% reason for me wanting to go was two things. 
It was for Effie's gay brunch, and mm-hmm. it was for Faye Jackson's gray sweatpants uh, battle royal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because you know, we we talked about it a lot. It's like you know, what 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 is left of the Indies, or what's what's going to be different, you know? And I've been to Joey Janela, so I've seen that already, and then happen to stay up in the middle of the night. But those two shows were so unique to me, and I was <laughs> seeing how Effie's was building, it, and then the fact that Faye was running the show. And then the names and the people in their promos. It was just so interesting. And then to get crime time to be on the show. I'm like, all right, now that is this is going to be crazy, uh, which was a huge, you know, a huge signing and booking for them. Um, they've even they even did a video for it. So, you know, Faye being a friend doing it and bringing some big names to it, such as them. I was totally overly excited to see how that was all going to come to fruition pandemic happened and ultimately 2020 didn't get any better with the loss of a hero like this so you know that's 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 my thoughts and it and it and it is um it's super unfortunate but like so like like will said we can only aspire to be half as great as that to for our last really print on earth is to go out like a true hero without thought and hesitation, because that's not the place where you got time to be figuring out what you're going to do. You're either going to do it or you're not. And that's acting in the moment. Yeah, <laughs> that's acting in the moment for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, definitely here from the big gold belt. We're definitely giving a big rest in peace uh, to Shad. Um, so let's 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 kind of uh, talk about other things in wrestling this week. Uh, we got we got a, a lot of things to talk about actually. Um, there's a lot of interesting aspects as far as the Wednesday Night War. We haven't really touched on it too much, but we're actually going to dive back into that just a little bit. Um, I, obviously, we came down to the finale of Dark Side of the Ring, so we'll be covering that. Um, we also will have our front segment of High Low and Cameo. That actually <laughs> rhymes. Did anybody know that? Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. And then we got some other little news and stuff we want to cover. So uh, that's going to be the show for tonight. So hopefully you guys watching or listening, you know, you stay tuned, put your seatbelt on because we got a lot to talk about. But like I said, Wednesday Night Wars. Um, so first of all, Jamal brought up a super interesting point. And I'm going to kind of draw the narrative here and I'm going to let him get in there and, and, and reshape this up. So when every time you bring up the Wednesday Night War, it's always about ratings and the ratings are the ratings. But, you know, most people, when they're looking at the ratings and clearly not from an analytical standpoint, they're just like, who won and who lost? What's the numbers and the gap? And that's pretty much has been getting a lot of people by week after week. But Jamal brought a very interesting ass point, and and it, I kind of been kind of like dumbfounded by it because I really don't really have an answer here. So, um, pretty much, AW Dynamite numbers have been very consistent for whatever it is, whatever you want to get, bad or good. It's just been consistent. Where NXT has been drastically declining. So when you when you think about that, and Jamal, at any moment you could jump in there. When you think about that. Where's the chunk of these people who are viewing on Wednesday? Where are they going? If they're not going to AEW and AEW's and then and, and NST is declining, what's happening? And then the, obviously the bigger question is, what does NST got to do? Because you know they brought in the Ultimate Care Package in in uh, Charlotte, <laughs> FM Balor, um, and 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 then they got some big signees, Killer Cross and, and Scarlet there. So they they're, they're definitely doing some things. 
But where are the viewers going? Where are the fans going? Where are your guys going? What is happening? Is there a glitch in the system? Is that what's happening? Well, I, I think this is a big thing that I really want to hear from people about. So definitely drop us a line on the Twitter machine at Big Gold Belt Group. Uh, Big Gold Belt Group.com and, of course, Big Gold, Big Gold Belt Group. Big Gold Belt on the on the Yeah, BGB Group. There we go. So, right. So uh, just, just the numbers behind the context. Um March 4th, uh, actually March 25th to April 1st, both shows saw a pretty significant drop in people. Uh, AEW did um, 819,000 and a 0.34 uh, market share in 18 to 49 demographic, which is the big money market for um, for the ad agencies. And NXT did 669,000. NXT dropped to 590 and AEW dropped to 685. So both of them took fell off of a little bit of a cliff there. Now, since then, AEW has remained consistent in the 685, 83 to 730,000 range. That's a margin of 50,000 people. That's pretty consistent. Uh, and their market share has been between a 0.23 and a 0.27. Also pretty consistent. NXT, on the other hand, since March 25th, has been uh, in the 590, they did 592 yesterday to 693, to 693,000. That's about a 100,000 person, uh, you know, drop. And this weekend, they were not even in the top 50. Now, now this isn't an AEW problem, so let's put them on the back burner. You, the viewer, the listener. However you consume this, if you are a fan of NXT and you're one of the ones that actively watch, why? If you're a fan of NXT and you don't actively watch anymore, why? Because the numbers show that there's 100,000 of you consistently not watching NXT. And that's and it's pretty interesting considering that their core market of 18 to 25-year-olds, um, 18 to 49-year-olds, are also not watching. So if you're not watching NXT, what are you watching? Because AEW's numbers aren't being you know supplemented by NXT Labs fans. Their numbers aren't going up as much as NXT has gone down. So where are you going? But now if you are WWE, what do you do? Because you brought back Finn Balor, you brought back Velveteen Dream, you signed two big free agents in Killer Cross and Scarlett Boudreaux, uh, Scarlett Bordeaux, you uh, have, you brought Balor down, you brought Charlotte down, who's supposed to be she, you know, was the byproduct of Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling. <laughs> what else has to happen for NXT to not necessarily compete with AEW, but to regain what they had before they fell off of a short cliff? And that's the question that I will leave to you guys. Um, what, what, if they've done all of this before, what do they need to do now? And as much as we say that ratings don't matter, that's bullshit. They do. Because nobody's going to just sit and let a product flounder and cost them money for no reason. <laughs> as we've seen with WWE before, they know how to be financially solvent when they have to, and they will absolutely pull the trigger and trim the fat when they need to. But what does that mean for NXT? So, like, how is it NXT broken? And if so, how do you fix it? And I guess that's my question to you guys. So... I, I, I guess, and, and again, 
um, I don't know how people are tuning in um, each week for uh, each of these shows. Um, USA Network. I believe USA Network and TNT has to be on the same tier for cable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's really, yeah. So there's, there's really no discrepancy there. But I, I guess the only wild card factor here is a show I guess everyone loves. And I guess that's the Masked Singer. You think that has something to do with it? You think <laughs> these AEW fans love the Masked Singer, which is no, done no, now? No. <laughs> well, do, do, but do you think, though? Because and we haven't even gotten to, we've only compared the similarities. We know that they're both wrestling shows on Wednesday night on a basic cable channel that a lot of the same country, a lot of the country gets at the same time. Right. If they you have one, you get the other. Right. It's not an FS1 deal where only 60% of the country, 70% of the country gets it. If you get NXT, uh, if you get a uh, um, USA Network, you probably get TNT. They go hand in hand. So since they compete on the same level and the same market size and the same market share, yeah, where are the people going? And they're not going to other sports. So that's not an issue. Yeah, I mean, really do want to see who's going to be better, banana or frog. I mean, these are things that I don't, that I'm not having, where are they going? Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors here to consider. One, you're talking about fixing NXT. Part of the mystery, and we've talked about this before, is what is the goal from WWE of this NXT show on Wednesday night? There's a lot of people that will say the goal of the NXT show isn't necessarily to beat AEW. It's to yeah. undercut AEW. Right. It's yeah. to hinder AEW. And as long as it's doing that, it's accomplishing what they want it to accomplish. Who knows if that's really true or not? I'm sure they'd love to beat it. Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of their thinking also is like, hey, anything we can do to distract people from AEW Dynamite, that's a win in our column. And being it's part of the whole USA NBC package for WWE's programming, it's not like it's their priority number one show in that package. It's an ancillary show. Raw is the number one show in that deal. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's getting all of their, you know, devoted energy, whereas AEW Dynamite, that's the show for them. So they have to put all their energy into that. So in that respect, they're different. Now, I don't know. I guess the biggest person they ever put down there was the time they had Becky visit. Right before WrestleMania, they had Becky make that appearance down at a... Or it might have been further back than that. I'm trying to remember now. But Becky made that appearance once at Full Sail. And I'm thinking that's the biggest name they ever pulled down there. Other than, I guess, AJ Styles. But it's been a while since they've gone that far with it. Um, I don't think they're necessarily concerned with beating them. I think it's just a matter of they want to mess with them in any way they can. Now, if we're talking about the ratings... And we're talking about what people are watching. A lot of people want to say, oh, well, things are down because, you know, of the current situation we're in. No one's watching TV. It's a pandemic. And these shows aren't (laughs) pop. No one wants to see this wrestling with nobody there. That I take objection to at this point. Because if you look at Wednesday nights, if you look at the entire picture of what's on Wednesday nights, people are absolutely watching TV. They are just making a choice to not watch wrestling. Right. So... (laughs) Just let's just look at last night real quick. I'm just going to throw out a couple numbers really quick last night. So 701,000 for AEW, 592 for NXT last night. Over on MTV, the number one show of the night was The Challenge with a million. Okay, but that was the number one in 18 to 49. If you go over to Food Network, consistently every week, (laughs) Guy's Groceries Games is beating (laughs) wrestling in the 900,000 range every single week, week in and week out. 
the biggest thing last night of all was NASCAR. That brought in two million on on cable. And then between that and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, they both beat the combined viewership of both AEW and NXT. So people are watching TV. They're just making the conscious thing to watch other stuff. So it goes back to the original question. What are people watching? What's getting their interest? And I think for a lot of people, we've said this before about Wednesday Night Wrestling, it's preaching to the choir, it's preaching to the hardcores, but it's not making new fans. And that, I think, is the, in the very end, that's the root of the problem, is Mm. neither of these shows are growing. They're just, they're there. Yeah. They've been there since October, and they're just there. Oh, get in here, Damien. Okay, so... I can talk as a, a avid NXT fan who hasn't been watching. Mm-hmm. I digest it a different way. I watch. I, I, I watch the next day, like on a quick catch up for the show, whatever the case may be. But I honestly feel NXT is stagnant and above all else, they need a crowd. I think that audience fed so much energy to full sale. And now that we have a weekly episodic NXT television show, it has made the thought of TakeOver seem tame and bland. Because now, if you're trying to establish these new characters, a lot of the establishing of the new characters was fan-centered. You know, whenever we had a TakeOver, we had Keith Lee in the front row, EC3 in the front row, Samoa Joe, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you don't have that kind of thing. You have hey, this person was signed by the Performance Center and three months later, ta-da, here I am. I honestly think because for so long, we were all NXT fans roped into Ciampa, Gargano, the rise of Keith Lee, that now, even though we're trying to build Dexter Loomis and, and other stars up, it's not the same thing because I feel as if they're, like you said, running in place. It, it There's no energy for me to watch NXT right now. Even the women... As much as I love EO, as much as I love, I like Rhea, it's just not making me want to tune in because I literally can, A, catch the highlights like sports, like a sports center type highlight show, watch it. And in the two hours, instead of watching television, I'm usually working. So I'm not home to watch this, but it's not captivating. And I'm one of the choir. So I can imagine the lack of interest of anyone else who's never seen NXT. You could put Charlotte, you could put Sasha, you could put Bib, you could put the whole four horsewomen. You could put a, a pregnant Becky on television. I don't know if that's going to make <laughs> ratings at NXT go up until there's a live crowd. I honestly think it's stale. What can they do? Maybe just put some of the talent in the audience like AEW does. Do that. Have a couple of social distanced cameramen who aren't holding the camera. Just be a part of the show. I- I wouldn't even go that far because uh, at the full sale crowd is unique uh, for special, what it's yeah. worth. But yeah, you yeah you can't give a half dose of it, and it it doesn't it doesn't really bring the same energy. I, I get what you're saying with that, but also I don't I don't think the crowd's going to draw people on television to watch it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of the reason pro- probably is the reason what we're saying right now. We keep saying down to NXT when. NXT is really a lateral because it's supposed to be a third brand and maybe there's a huge huge dark cloud over it that people just don't respect it as a third brand and just you know the developmentals for WWE Mm -hmm. Um, they haven't done 
too much to legitimize it for people outside of wrestling. Um, this is why um, SmackDown, the, the 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 bill for SmackDown had, you know, it took so many different avenues to legitimize it because it already was a second brand, but they legitimized it for people who wasn't just a casual wrestling fan to understand that, hey, this is, you know, when there's Raw, there's SmackDown, they're on the same, they're, they're on the same token. Um, and if you're going to have NXT to be the third in that, um, you need to be putting in the same effort in the marketing uh, to doing so with, with it. And that mean, I mean, obviously USA is not going to have no backing like Fox, but like you can make, you, you have to make NXT must watch for whatever reason you're going to outside of just the, the regular stuff for uh, regular casual uh, wrestling fans. So I, I don't know, maybe that's a problem, but then again, you look at uh, AEW, AEW brands day in and day out about being a different league. So they're just like, Hey, you know, the the, the 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 really the the social line with AEW is like oh that other wrestling show that's not WWE um and obviously having names such as Jericho really attached to that really helps and obviously Jericho does things outside of just AEW that kind of transcends into people curious about what he's still doing and obviously um uh, you know uh the 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 use of some of the legends and hall of famers that come in there also helps as well so I don't know. I, I think this, to be honest, like AEW, they just got to do it. I mean, excuse me, NXT just have to do a better, a better job and drawing to people outside of their no, their casual uh, fans. Maybe that fixes it. Other than that, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what everybody's watching. I know, I know Will's watching, but uh, Lego, Lego Masters. But other than that, I don't know. <laughs> Lego Masters wrapped up, so they don't got that siphoning people off now. So they can count their blessings there. I was gonna say, is that part of the problem with NXT? Is that it's the wrestling show of the WWE and not the sports entertainment show? Could there's be no other That's- entertainment. To some people, it probably is. I mean, to some people, I think the problem just simply is they don't need another night of wrestling. And there's mm. like, our, I got Monday, I got Friday, I see some of that, I'm fine. I don't also need Wednesday. And I think that's that's part of the problem is you got some people who are just, they're set in their ways of Monday's wrestling night. And then they know they, there's the big, because so, Fox, you can't miss it. It's Fox. So yeah. there's that. And it's just, I think a lot of people, Wednesday is the middle of the week. They're just kind of like, it's not on their radar and maybe they remember it later, but they're not, they're not tuned in to watch it live. No. And that's, that's what we're talking about. The live numbers are just, they're not there. And I don't, I, even if you put the biggest names on there, I don't think it would necessarily result in a huge jump, you know, for, for, for anything. I mean, heck, we've seen them do try to do the nights. I mean, they did the one recently where they tried to have the, all the big matches with, with Adam Cole and Velveteen dream. And that was the night they did Charlotte and EO and they promoted it as like a big night of matches on NXT. And it was up. I think they won that week. I think that week they did win. It was the last time they won. It was real recently, but they only won a couple of times and it wasn't by much. It was maybe by like 10,000 people. So it's, what do you do? I mean, even if you drug out Seth Rollins and all those guys, it's like it's I think the big issue is it's more wrestling. And most folks, I think, aren't looking for more wrestling. They're just like, OK, I got what I want. So how do you combat that? That's the million dollar question. If you had a Brock Lesnar type on NXT, would that bring in viewers? If you had you across who- that person. No, if it's a broad lesson, not the body shape, but the accolades, the notoriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A mega, a mega star type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
like a stone cold type. And heck, that, that's the that's the problem or part of the problem with wrestling now is you don't have those megastars that no matter where they go, it moves the needle. Just well, them you're, you're showing not, up by you're not themselves. The opportunity to develop those megastars because yeah. everybody's trying to get so ahead of the game that nobody's everyone is over scrutinized now. Mm-hmm. So you can't let The Rock go out and fail as his goofy-ass uh, <laughs> Peter Maivia. You can't let stunning Steve Austin go out there and mm-hmm. fail and then turn it around. There's no, there's very little um, options for a King of the Ring uh, ink off-the-cuff remark that turns into a, a thing. Um, it, it's, that's, it's part of the internet culture that we live in where everybody has a say in the product and the people that put on the uh, position of the put on the show are like, well, the fans are screaming this, how much of that will we actually give them? And if you are NXT, you know, specifically if you're NXT, it seems to still be like, no, this is the plan. We're going to execute the plan, be damned whatever it is. Whereas AEW has certainly called audibles mid program and said, all right, no more nightmare collector for you. We try. It ain't work. <laughs> and I think the ability to do that is something that we haven't seen from a WWE program in quite some time. But also with people living on the internet, Reddit, Twitter, message boards, podcasts, and the like, dictating what they think that wrestling should be to them and only them, times the internet, it's very hard to create an organic moment. And when they do, like when Nia Jax uh, busted Becky Lynch's nose is open. That was a moment. It happened. How did they capitalize on it? They did ish for a little bit and kind of petered out because that wasn't really in their plan and they went back to their plan. Mm. So, you know, AEW has capitalized on those moments a lot better than NXT specifically has, but in WWE in general, really fails to capitalize on those organic moments that has people talking. Because honestly, the fact that Adam Cole is still in NXT in a big, big way after that Buffalo show that had the internet talking. SmackDown wasn't just trending because it's on TV on Fox. No, that show had people talking. People were excited about SmackDown for reasons other than internet bluster. Yeah. What's going to happen next? We didn't know. That should have sent Adam Cole with the NXT Championship to the SmackDown immediately. Right. And it didn't. And what did they do? They did the exact same thing on Raw, but they watered it down. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, some of it is on WWE and their lack of spontaneity, and some of it is on the internet for give me what I want. <laughs> with the quote Batista. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, should we probably hit our our intermission here and go about the fun things or should we just dive into the AEW side of things really quick? No, no, no. I think I think we can we can we can take a bit of a reprieve, you know, because I have some things lined up. Halftime. Halftime. Halftime, high low, halftime cameo. <laughs> yeah, before we get before we get to that, definitely anybody listening, definitely let us know. I mean, why, I really why are you, why are you not watching um NXT and what does NXT gotta do to draw more um viewers uh you know obviously people are floating around doing something matt singer's done so you guys will love that and you know what are you going to watch now a lot of things have wrapped up in the last two weeks honestly so 
uh, yeah, will people return back to NXT? I know you're not watching NXT just for the full sale crowd. <laughs> it's, a, it's a couple of more years that Izzy can get in the ring. So, Stop you know. it. <laughs> but um, um, that's funny. Yeah, but what, what do you guys are? What what what's going to take you guys to get viewers again? And will like Damon said, will it take a notable star, a, a multi sports star? Because I don't, I don't know what Charlotte is. I, I I guess we're still waiting to see what the Charlotte effect is. But is it going to take a mega star from another sport or or something else that's going to really put eyes on it? Who knows? But uh, yeah, I think it's a good time for a quick little intermission and topics and, and get to something a little bit fun hey this is two chains the host of the bgb podcast be sure to visit us on youtube and subscribe for additional content also rate review and subscribe to the big go belt podcast on itunes and all audio platforms visit BigGoBellGroup.com, the golden standard for all of your wrestling needs and connect with us on all social media platforms hello you're listening to the big gold belt podcast my name's sleazy e i make songs about wrestling and sometimes they might make you laugh you're about to listen to one right here on the show. I hope you like it. For the love of God, listen to his song. Smoking weed, drinking beer, wrestling on the TV. Staying up late just to watch It's a work, it's a shoot. You don't know what to do. All you know that's wrestling's in veins. We learned about hit the ropes, stay behind the building, puffing on some dough. With the boys dreaming about being in Now your whole body's got a constant throb But you pay your dues and you better stay in your lane Promoter man's gonna give you a push on one condition You feel on his tush What can I say? Be smoking weed, drinking beer, wrestling on TV, staying up late just watching WWE. Now you're not a vet, you're not as green, you lost some water in between, but you're making towns and some people know. So you work a night, have a match on local TV, boy, you're moving fast, but you pay your dues and you 
better stay So um, I have Cameo open on one of my mini screens. And basically, Cameo is a service where celebrities, uh, well-wishers, well, celebrities, they use that term loosely, because I've definitely seen some YouTubers on there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, how are you charging money? <laughs> that's a different problem. Everyone's hustle. Got to respect the hustle. I've also seen a couple college players on there. And I'm like, mm, well, that's interesting as well. But either way, uh, you pay them to shout you out and uh, maybe there's something that you want to say, maybe a message that you want to, a situation that you want to handle. Uh, BE has been notorious about saying like, hey, if you want to break up with your spouse, let me do it for you. <laughs> so go ahead and drop that, uh, that, that smooth $125 and he will absolutely ruin your spouse's day. Um, or not, or maybe save him. 
But either way, that's what Cameo does, and it has everyone from athletes, obviously wrestlers, and as we're going to jump into here, but athletes that have been on TV, um, you know, TikTok clout chasing, uh, you know, chicks and stuff like that. So uh, Cameo.com, it's definitely a thing. Um, it's a rabbit hole that you really don't want to go down. But as it relates to us, uh, what I want to know from you guys is who you think charges more. Who do you think charges more between Mojo Raleigh? Oh boy. Right. Uh, you know, the proud Maryland Terrapin, Mojo Raleigh. 24 <laughs> 7 champion, Mojo Raleigh. Former, former. Former, yes. Yeah. Uh, Rob Gronkowski's best friend, Mojo Raleigh. That's right. Who do you, right. Who do you think charges more between him and WWE broadcaster Tom Phillips? Oh, oh, oh. I gotta go, Mojo. I Mojo. gotta go, Mojo. If there's any way, shape, or form that this has got to be a draw, chill no, draw it's, here. It's, no, it's not. A, it's not a draw. It's, it's 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 one or the other. And you guys are saying that Mojo is charging more than uh, Big Daddy Tom. <laughs> Who's also internet famous? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> you would be correct because Mojo is charging. Uh, he is charging more than Tom Phillips. I'm not going to tell you how much yet, um, but Tom Phillips is charging twenty five dollars. So okay. higher or lower than Mojo, who is definitely charging more than twenty five dollars. So that's okay. a hint. Jordan Grace. More. Ooh. Jordan's got to be more. At $50, Jordan Grace is lower than Mojo Rowley. Wow. Jordan Grace a steal at $50. That's an absolute steal at $50. <laughs> also at the $50 mark, Marcus Buff Bagwell. Oh, you, no. The gigolo himself. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Bagwell's baby boy. Tonight. <laughs> Yeah, so that's um, $50. Also at $50, uh, you know, former NBA player, starting center for your Detroit Pistons, Greg Oden. Um, <laughs> First of all. <laughs> wait, Greg Oden played for the Pistons? Uh, and Detroit. And I'm uh, not Detroit. I'm um, sorry, um, Portland as well. Portland, but, um, yeah. For, for, but that, yeah. For that first season, he never showed up to. So right. let me throw that out there. Right. Um, also at $50, uh, former Raptors great Damon Stoudemire. Yeah, that was my man. That was my man. Uh, Chargers linebacker um, Sean Merriman. Wow. DMV native. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Speaking of DMV, former uh, QB for the local team, Mark Rippon. Also $50. A steal. Redskins royalty. Yeah, a steal at $50. All lower than Mojo Rowley. Damn, Mojo. I was going to say, does Gronk appear on it with him? Because then that makes sense, but. Right. So, yeah, so that's a way to better spend, uh, you know, your more drama. Now, still, Mojo Rally. We I haven't told you how much he's charging. But is this person higher or lower than Mojo? We know that Mojo is at, is $50, at least $51, because he's more than 50 Mick Foley, is he higher than or lower than Mojo? Higher. 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 You would be correct. $70. Mojo Riley is is charging lower than $70. And also, Mick is only charging 70 
a steal. That's a steal. Wow. I was expecting Mick to be at even hundred. Yeah, that was my it, expectation. At the very least, <laughs> even hundred. Yeah, you gotta pay a Benjamin. For, that's a WWE Hall of Famer. Damn it! Come on now. And you're, right. you're you're definitely going to get a story with that. Right. Um, higher or lower than Mojo? We know that Mojo's somewhere between fifty-one and seventy. Higher or lower than Mojo? UFC fire Tyron Woodley. Ooh, the champ. Who was also fighting at UFC Vegas, uh, the 26th, I think it is. Tyrone Woodley is absolutely charging more. <laughs> I say more. Yeah, gotta be. He's relevant. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I brought him up because I knew that name and I don't UFC. But he's definitely not charging more than Roger of the Mojo. Stop. He's only charging 50 bucks. <laughs> Stop playing. Mojo got himself overpriced. <laughs> Either that, he just don't feel like doing cameos. So he's making it worth it. Higher or lower than Mojo? We confirm that he's somewhere between 70 and 51. Jordan Devlin, is he higher or lower than Mojo? Lower. Lower. He lower. is lower. $60 for Jordan Devlin. Which, and- ironically, his, his cameo like profile picture has him... With Triple H giving him the point mm. in it, so that's that's I don't know, it's a bit sus right there. I don't know if I trust that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope they don't spend sixty bucks thinking that Triple H is going to like walk on in. You know what he's doing. He know he knows exactly what he's doing. Higher or lower than Mojo? We can confirm, but he's somewhere between sixty and seventy-one. Tory Wilson, higher or lower than Mojo? Tory Wilson, who's that? Oh, 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 Tory Wilson, higher. Yeah. Unisex name, that's why. Um, definitely higher. No. Tory Wilson only wants $65. And Jeez. that is lower than Mojo Rowley. He's 69, isn't he? He certainly is. Not no. surprised by that number. <laughs> we walked right into that. That is so not surprising now. <laughs> he's not a nice even number. Of course he's 69. Oh, He is. And also, the only person <laughs> under athletes, of all athletes, and there's a thousand of them, also at $69, guess who? Buff Batwell. No, because we confirmed that Buff Batwell was lower. In another he, account, Buff Batwell. is. No, 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 not Valvinus. I'll give you a hint. Um, he's a recent uh, departee of WWE within the past uh, few years, and he's definitely. Been a little bit more internet famous after he had a court battle after his WWE uh, tenure ended. Ooh, I feel like I should know this court battle. I mean, Punk? No. You think Punk is charging sixty nine dollars? No, no. Nah, no, no. He'd be no. charging more than that. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I this got to be. I am blanking here on who it might be. Every time I, I think Hulk like- Battle, all I think is Hogan for some reason. We know Hogan has got to be upwards of like 150. Uh, yeah, they definitely more than that. But uh, but also this person, uh, one half of a tag team. So not a singles wrestler. More of a hype man than really a part of a tag team, but still part of a tag team. Hmm. I'm drawing a blank. I'm totally drawing a blank, too. It's killing me. I'm glad because Enzo Amore is not a person that you should name. (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) That is how we wrap up Hilo Cameo this week. (laughs) My God. (laughs) 
Enzo oh. Amore. Oh my god. Forgot about that guy. Eggs as you should. But but yeah, that's it. There's some other people on here, some really interesting numbers from outside of sports, uh, you know, that I really think that they are pricing themselves pretty low. And also some people are pricing themselves pretty high. The balls of some you, you know, some YouTubers, uh, my God! But that is, we'll, we'll cover that a different time. That hold on, hold on. This this guy curiosity. The biggest streamer or YouTuber is, I think, Ninja. What is he charging? I know Not he's on there anymore since he moved to Mixer. They gave him a lot of money to do that. So once he left Twitch, a lot of his followers didn't go with him. Oh, okay. So he did kind of the Howard Stern thing when he went to Satellite Radio. Right, and, right, right, right. And he's getting he paid, the, so he I got a contract. Yeah, he went right. with guaranteed money. Yeah, he he went with the money instead of the um, instead of you know the whole the Fame. audience. Yeah, yeah the audience. audience. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah. as far as YouTube, they actually have a section for YouTube. Um, and I don't know YouTubers because what what are they? <laughs> but I will say that the highest um. Let me sort it here. Uh, yeah, there's a guy called Jesus Christ on YouTube. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are one, two, three, four, five YouTubers and Twitch streamers that are charging one thousand dollars. No, my God. None and... of these names look immediately familiar, but the only person that I do know out of these names that I see is Philip DeFranco, and he's charging five hundred dollars. And it's time to talk about wrestling again. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can get Philip or you can get Ric Flair. You can get Flair twice before you even uh, can yeah, get that. Foley like seven times. Yeah. Even if we're talking modern guys, the big dog, Roman Reigns, is too fitty. You get him calling up four times for that kind of money. <laughs> Lord. But anyway, okay, so let's let let's 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 move to wrestling. Uh, back to uh, wrestling again. And AEW is going to have their double or nothing show uh, this Saturday. Arguably, their uh, this which will be arguably their yearly biggest uh, pay per view. Um, this is kind of going to be more of a roundtable free for all. And I think the big premise of it is what are our expectations for this, um, and not just expectations, but you know we're talking about. Uh, what, what, how, how are they going to handle the social distancing? We know they've been slowly having a crowd in. What do we expect as far as the aesthetics, uh, the, the, the pricing tier for it, what the pricing tier for going, um, you know, and, and, and what surprises we may get, um, any, any other, uh, debuts. I mean, who knows? It, it, a lot of stuff can happen on Saturday. Um, the ball is completely in their court, which I think is cool. They really, they really right here, the, 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 the sky's the limit, if you ask me. I don't think there's, or at least for me, there's no negative scrutiny going into this. It's just they just got to go do it now because they are doing it. Um, originally, it was going to be in Vegas. They have it in uh, Tony Khan land in Jacksonville, and uh, they're using, maybe they use both. Of, who knows at this point? They really got the ball in their court, and they can do a lot of crazy things, so. Um, quickly, and I'll, I'll just throw it to you, Damian, first. Uh, which, what is your uh, kind of your open thoughts going into Saturday's pay per view, double or nothing? Okay, so surprisingly, the restaurant I talked about last week that's up the block for me that showed UFC, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> yeah, the showing is. I talked. I talked to the manager today about Double or Nothing, and they are getting the pay per view <laughs> because people have asked here in Dallas if they're going to be showing it on the balcony, and lo and behold, yes, they are. Wrestling so, fans are crazy. Wrestling yeah, fans don't care. are weird. But here's the funny thing: they'd rather get COVID potentially than watch it pay their own fifty dollars in their own home, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> my, my my biggest thing with double or nothing and i brought this up in our our group chats like what is the expectation for me they're playing with you know pardon the pun how's money here because all they have to do is basically put on a decent show that is better than mania because this is their wrestle this is their wrestlemania maybe they do have something out of the box i mean the fact that mike tyson is showing up at double or nothing in a, I guess, a role that's been called, it's a, whatever Mike wants to do, kind of, it's it's on him. So that might get people interested to say, oh, crap, Mike Tyson's actually going to be on this show. Who knows? But I think for me, from as a wrestling fan, all they have to do is just do good wrestling in a safe environment that makes you want to talk about it after the fact. Give us something noteworthy to talk about. I don't really think... The main event picture right now is very interesting in AEW, aside from, you know, the, the whatever you want to call it, the war games, the, the eight on the eight man tag, whatever it is. That's the number one thing I like for AEW right now is the elite versus the inner circle. Maybe the, the, the ladder match. Other than that, there's no interest for me to want to pay 50 bucks to watch them at home or even to go to the flying fish down the road here. Yeah, you do. And, and, <laughs> you, nah, bro. I'm not You're watching not the COVID you, 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 you went to ask the uh, the owner if, if potentially you could have your own private space in there. You wanted to do this in a safe way. So Only if I live. could it for the show. But other than that, no. <laughs> reporting live. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but honestly, I'm curious as to, you know, to everyone's point, uh, what's the production going to be? Because I know Jamal wanted pirate ships and such for Mania. Are we going to get an actual we Jaguar? You know, we're going to get an actual Jacksonville Jaguar running around the place for this show. <laughs> Are they going to be playing car- uh, casino games, blackjack, anything yeah. like that? And, and, and another thing about that, too. I mean, obviously, you know, I got to give AEW their props here. I mean, in such a world of in, in, in a world of so much uncertainty, you know, they they potentially could have said, well, we'll just wait it out and see what happens with Vegas. It's pretty much the gamble that UFC has been been doing and UFC is going to run it. I keep saying the 20th since the 30th UFC will be running their event in Vegas, which they ultimately could have kept it there. Pro- I mean, they could have been, you know, uh, gambling to probably try to keep it there to keep the thing potentially still drawing in that Vegas crowd, but they went with the safe bet to Conlan um, and with them owning this facility that allows them to be able to do um, some really cool thing. Now, the first thing that comes to mind for me when I think about somebody owning a facility is that if you own a facility, that means you can do whatever you want. I by no means expect for all these matches to be in ring matches. I think in a world of forever uh, creativity, especially with the Bucks and their just vast range of creativity, I would assume that Matt Hardy is probably being brought in on discussions of this such expect something epic on that note um and i i expect the production of some sort uh much like the undertaker much like um 
um, Sammy Callahan and, and much like Money in the Bank. I expect something like that from that five or five battle. So I think that's going to be int- intriguing. The reason I'm bringing that up is because Jamal, like I said, utilizing the the, the surroundings. I think that's what's going to end up happening. And then the next quick thing, I throw it back to you. You guys want something to talk about? Mike Tyson said today that the reason why, and he has said this numerous times, if you watch his stand-up or if you've ever seen the stand-up in person, he said he stopped training because when he trains, it brings this beast out of him and the ego, and he becomes uncontrollable. So the way you've been seeing him train recently, (laughs) now, if Mike Tyson gets in this ring and somebody has to take a punch from Mike Tyson, I know a lot of people wanted to be MJF, but I, I wouldn't sign up for that. But if you really want to make some news, let it be Marco Stunt. And let him hit Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt would turn a Mega Man and just evaporate. <laughs> oh no! You trying to get you trying to get Marco's like you, head knocked off his shoulders. You want to talk about Marco Stunt? You want to talk about a moment? <laughs> what Marco do to you? Damn! No, no, no! It's nothing. With, it's nothing with Marco. But they have Marco taking a beating each week. So is right. he not the person that say, "Well, Marco." We need we we got this guy coming in. You may not have heard of him because he's a little bit before your time, but don't worry, he's a washed up boxer. I mean, oh, he, has, I this. Yeah. he has gray hair. There's there's nothing to worry about. He's fifty four. You're fine. Hey, what I do, what I'm not bringing think my Tyson in as a face. He has to be healed yeah. all the way. <laughs> what I do think you're right about. I think you're nailing it right on the head. What this show needs to be is it needs to create some moments, something like what you're talking about. It's not going to be I don't think it can possibly be a great, super great wrestling show. I don't think it, just in the environment it's in. But given the unique circumstances, being you have the darn NFL size stadium for the stadium stampede, you have Matt Hardy in that thing. you got the Bucks. you got Kenny Omega. That's your damn crazy match to create like memeable moments that can get this damn company some publicity between that, the darn ladder match they're running. That's, I think your opportunities to really do some stuff to get some attention. That's probably the best they can hope for here. The John Moxley and Brody Lee main event is just weird to me. It feels too soon. It feels rushed. And it just feels like they're painting themselves into a corner of like, what are you going to do? You just beat Brody Lee in. You're going to beat him. Are you going to do some schmoz finish that people aren't going to like? Or you're going to have him win the title and cut off Moxley's legs already? It doesn't make sense. That match, I'm not sure why they're doing that as the main event, but they are. So they got to figure that out. But I think there's enough other stuff on the card that they could create some interesting moments and hopefully that'll get them some attention. I think that's the best they can hope for. It's weird to me that they're still charging 50 bucks for this thing in the, given the situation of what it's going to be, but... That's what they're doing. I'm not sure what kind of audience it's going to draw, but they have an opportunity here, hopefully, to make some waves. I think that's the best they can hope for is hopefully they make some waves to get some attention. They got some people talking that night, and that's about it from what I'm thinking. And, and Jamal, before so, you before you jump in there really quick, $50 okay. is the price for the pay-per-view. We've talked yep. over the last few weeks about the predicament potentially increasing revenue, buy sales, whatever it may be. Do we see monumental numbers here with AEW? Well, that's 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 a, a question that I'm not qualified to answer. And it's largely because what does monumental mean? If they put on the show, considering how much cost they incur by having it 
at a facility that they, you know, not necessarily own, but share and have, you know, access to, that's very different than renting another building and dealing with that company and the logistics of getting equipment there. They're based in Jacksonville. They're based at Daly's Place. The only thing they need to do is just put up some orange cones and guide people from one entrance to the other. And as we've seen as a bit of foreshadowing at the end of Dynamite a couple weeks ago, the distance between Daly's Place and uh, TIAA Bank Field is yards away. Hmm. So, you know, and we got a little bit of foreshadowing at the end of Dynamite maybe two weeks ago. Uh, we know the Stadium of Stampede is coming as we got a little bit of foreshadowing to end the show last night. Um, th- these are things that I think that WrestleMania could have done. They already booked the um, uh, Tampa Bay Stadium, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Use it for a match. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that they had to have the, I'm not saying they had to have the Boneyard match there. I'm not saying that they had to have you know something else, but they could have had the pirate theme, you know, match swashbuckling, no DQ match or whatever, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, cannon on a pole match or something like that. The long drawn silver match. These are the things that AEW seems to be stepping out of the box with where WWE put on a wrestling show and then they ran tape for a half an hour to end night one. Then they did a wrestling (laughs) show and then they ran tape again to end night two. And it was what it was, and you know, not saying that, that that wasn't fine, but they ran two different shows. They ran a very good Raw, and then they ran a YouTube video. They ran a very good SmackDown, and then they ran another YouTube video. Whereas AEW is giving you an actual complete pay per view with ramifications that won't be replicated anywhere else. You're not going to see the Stadium Stampede outside of this moment in time. You're not going to, and this was a match that nobody even knew that they wanted until we, you know, until it came out um, that it's going to happen. What is that going to look like? You know, are they going to, how many levels of the stadium they're going to use? People don't realize that a football field is 120 yards long and 80 and 50 something yards wide. It's massive. They put in a ring at the 50 yard line. Hey, man, Paige ran from fucking Canada to get in there. He ran last night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and it was a beautiful shot because he ran from the 50-yard line in the depth of field and then up the tunnel so that he got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the last thing you saw was him clothesline somebody. These are the things that AEW seems to be doing to hype the pay-per-view, including that ladder match uh, shenanigans last night, which was bananas. Yeah, hopefully Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix are okay. The women's match, uh, you know, four-way, which was also bananas. Um, you know, hold a candle for Britt Baker's uh, right knee. Um, but but these are things, and they are doing things to build up to the pay-per-view. So if it's an investment that we're talking, it, it, it's kind of like a BS response to say that, oh, well, I can get this for $10 versus a $50 one-time commitment. But look at what's being built. Do you have – you're going to see something in double or nothing that's only going to be there. It will not be the same when you when you hear about it on the nerd sheets, when you watch the watch alongs online with your favorite YouTuber, when you hear your friends talk about it that are actually actively into it on Monday and Tuesday. That's it will be the show. What did WrestleMania give you that feeling going in where you had to even for ten dollars, you had to watch WrestleMania 
other than the nostalgia factor of it. No. Yep. AEW is actually, and, I, and personally, I wasn't interested before maybe last night to going into the show where it's like, you know what, it is $50. I could definitely spend my money on, you know, other things. Maybe if I saved up five times that, I could get Big E to say hi to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, th- these are these are things. Um, but now it's like, no, I kind of need this payoff. I kind of want to know what a stadium stampede look match looks like yeah. as they use an actual empty fucking football stadium. Um, you know what? What will they look like? I, I'll I'll say this quickly, and then we will get to our last stuff. Like we close the show. I mean, look. Regardless, before the pandemic, this was going to be in Vegas. They've already seen what I mean. We already they already had the expectation what a show like to run a show in Vegas is doubling down again. You could only have expected them to have been much more crazy. Now, the fact that they're able to be in their home turf to do so, you know, like Jamal said, nothing had to be production or nothing had to be moved. It's all there. There's a lot of time of a lot of creative people to come up with a lot of creative things, you know. And even with that all said, there's still not a high level expectation for me. I'm just they just got to do it at this point. Um, but. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a good payoff. Um, and I, I'm definitely excited to see what happens on Saturday with that. Um, we'll definitely have so much more to talk about with, about this come next week. Um, so, look, let's get, let's get this last two things over with really quick uh, before we wrap up the show. So, obviously, we had the finale of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, this was their 10th episode. We started with Chris Benoit. We ended with Owen Hart. It's the episode everybody's been waiting to see. Um, I did an extensive review on it. My quick little thoughts really quickly for the podcast is that, um, you know, once I got to about 30 minutes of the show and they had already went over uh, the, the, um, the, the, the death uh, and, um, the, and, and, and what had happened, the implications with that, I was thinking to myself like, well, what the hell are we about to see for the next 30 minutes? I was like, mm-hmm. this, this is about to get crazy for real. Um, but overall, I thought it was a good, I'm not going to really get into points too much. I just thought it was a good um, advice. Did a hell of a job this season uh, with getting the stories, getting the right people involved, uh, really staying. Um, I, I think I'll say for each episode, they really stayed on, on, on top and on narrative. I didn't, we didn't see things get too crazy and all over the place. Cause there was a lot of characters involved with this. I mean, I think a lot of good, um, a lot of good stories and knowledge and, and, and history was told within 10 episodes. So, you know, for um, for for them, for their target that they set with this series, I think they absolutely nailed it for um, the second season in a row. And um, the Owen Hart being their finale, I think, was just the right way to go. I'm, I'm so curious to see where we're going to go. Uh, with season three, and they also got some other look, cool series I see that's coming up as well. But nonetheless, I think th- I just thought they did an overall good job, and the own heart story was just uh, every time, no matter how many times you hear it, it still brings back the same feelings from uh, watching it back in the day, uh, and and actually being older enough to kind of understand a little bit how the business works, and um, kind of hearing the testimonies from the people involved. Uh, it's just it's, it's just crazy. Uh, but yeah, you guys, quickly thoughts on that. Yeah, to jump in on it, um, it really, when you think about this season, how it started with Benoit, ended with Owen Hart, and those two heavy topics, bookending things, it's a lot. 
it's a lot. The Owen Hart story, you know, we 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 all know what happened, but what this episode did that was so good is yeah, it told it recaptured the whole story of, you know, yeah, what happened with Owen Hart in Kansas City and falling from Kemper Arena. But this was really the Martha Hart story. Yeah. And about her and her kids and what they went through and the aftermath of things. And yeah, you know, I think a lot of people have forgotten that, like, you know, his kids were little then. Like they his daughter was all of like three years old and his son Oge was like around six or seven. So they're grown now. They they have grown up without their dad. And so this was like their chance to kind of speak about what happened and the ensuing years of legal battles with WWE and you know, it shed some light on the details of what happened. They've, you know, there's been books written about it. It's always been out there if anyone wanted to find out what happened and the negligence involved in all this. And But this was kind of a big platform to put that out there. And really, to me, the biggest part of that episode is just hearing Martha Hart's perspective, hearing her side of things, and her and the kids getting a say in, like, Hey, this is what happened. This is what we went through. This is why we feel the way we do currently about how we want our dad remembered, how we want him memorialized, and mm-hmm. what's happened with doing that in the years since. There's you know, there's been a picture painted for years that they won't, you know, they hate wrestling and they don't want Owen Hart to be, you know, memorialized by WWE or wrestling. And they have legitimate reasons why to feel that way. And I think they made a very good case in explaining that for people that never knew it before of why they are in the position they are in and why they feel that way and hopefully you know gave them some closure and i think it did a great job in that respect of getting their story out there to the masses for people who just have heard only wwe side of it or only heard other wrestling fans side of it of what they think that story is and they finally got to speak up and be like yeah you know what this is our story this is what happened to us here you go damien your thoughts. So one of the first things I thought about as I watched it, uh, because I, I actually cried within the first 15 minutes, but as the story goes on, you hear about kind of the Hart family, you know, battle lines being drawn over the course of the documentary where it seems as if people on the other side were kind of telling Martha, they were trying to sabotage Martha's case against WWE. And, you know, the thought of the family protecting the paycheck as opposed to standing up for their lost, you know, member of their family really put kind of a bad taste in my mouth in regards to the Hart family in general. Uh, I don't really like Jim Cornette often or at all, but seeing him legitimately cry over Owen Hart passing, uh, it was a welcome change to seeing Cornette actually act like a human being for once. I'm grateful that Martha and the children have been able to find closure and have a foundation, you know, pardon the pun of the heart foundation, but to inspire other people, because what I got from this is that Owen was a family man first who just happened to be a wrestler. Mm -hmm. And he even says in the documentary when a couple of uh, videos they filmed, was I can't wait to get some time so I can heal my body and spend time with my family. That is what he wanted. 10 days off, 10 days on, four days off type, or 14 days on, four days off was the norm back then for WWF or, or E. And you could just tell like, he was literally doing this. We started the episode talking about Shad Gaspard being a father, a hero. 
you could tell Owen Hart, a father, a husband, voicing a concern about not wanting to do an infidelity angle with Deborah at the time, shows a lot. The, 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 the fact that he was willing to do the goofy blue blazer gimmick in spite of not being in an angle that had infidelity in it shows the character of Owen Hart. And I think for me, as a fan of Owen Hart, the, the wrestler, I'm an even bigger fan today of the man and the father and the husband. And that, for me, is what the documentary did for me. Jamal, quick thoughts? Well, I never watched it. Uh, I'm not into documentaries. Never seen a single episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Couldn't imagine watching seconds of it, let alone an entire show. And I, I haven't heard of a single story, as for as much as we've been talking about it, that makes me want to go, <clears throat> I need to find out this episode. And I don't know who that would be that would make you sit down and watch it. But personally, I don't have that relationship with um, with entertainment. They're entertainers. They, they just happen to be people. I'm okay with drawing a line there. Do your job. I'll watch as a fan, and then we can move on. Mm-hmm. And for those that need a little bit more than that, then that's you know good on you. But personally, meh, never been interested in it. And, and, and right back at you, too, so we could just uh, close up for the night as well. Uh, what do we got on tap for the news? Really quick. Okay, so really quickly, um, The Undertaker, <laughs> Cucumbers, what's going on here? Yeah, uh, The Undertaker apparently did an interview with Barstool Sports Podcast, Pardon My Take, and he they were asking about the legitimacy of seizing in front of Mr. McMahon, and he says, I think I actually leave the room, and I get away a little bit more with what people probably do as far as sneezing goes, but he still leaves the room in front of McMahon. Um, And then they asked him what the deal is with cucumbers. And he said, let me get this straight. I'm not afraid of cucumbers. I just don't like them, okay? (laughs) So what if somebody brings a cucumber to the room? And I quote, I'll I'll probably leave the room. But I'm not going to run. If they're whole, that's one thing. But if they're cut up, nah. It's all sliced. (laughs) No, so no cucumbers <laughs> for the dead man. Cody Rhodes did an uh, did a um, media call today for the hype up double or nothing, and there were some interesting things, some tidbits from that call from earlier today. He said that he they met Mike Tyson last year in Vegas, and they wanted <laughs> to have him there to uh, interact with the show in some way, and having him present the belt was the way that they wanted him to do that. Also, he said over the next two weeks, he expects to be some rescheduled dates for some previously postponed shows. Um, states are starting to reopen because, you know, my freedoms. So they are um, doing that and they are going to give the, the old school a try to see if they can actually reschedule some of those dates in those towns uh, later on down the road. Um, another thing that I thought was very interesting that came out about Shad Gaspar. Um, he obviously was in WWE, and that's why a lot of us know him first. He also did work outside of WWE after he left the company, uh, including he was the actual body um, for Kratos in God of War. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't, had, and if you cap, haven't played yep. that in uh, you know, 2018, uh, definitely not the voice. And there was some, some, some flack for T.C. Carlson not being the voice of uh, Kratos, which is just ridiculous, but Chad Gaspar was the body, and if you would have bet money, 
I would have thought that was Triple H actually, but no. Um, <laughs> you know, so he actually did a lot of the hand-to-hand uh, combat motions and stuff like that. Uh, and he basically, he wasn't the voice, but he was the physical embodiment of Kratos. So mm-hmm. if you, if one more reason that Shad Gaspar is a real life superhero. Um, the last also, thing. Also, wait, how this comes full circle. Mike Tyson also said that Kratos is the motivation behind him wanting to get back to training again. Huh. <laughs> yes, he, said, he said playing God of War recently has motivated him to want to get back to boxing. But, well, yeah. I mean, and, he, and, he, and he's, he's shown that he can do it. He can still <laughs> has a little bit of pop. So say a prayer, say a prayer for Marco, y'all. <laughs> um, personally, because Mike Tyson is going to be presented the TNT Championship this Saturday at Double or Nothing, uh, and Lance Archer Mike Tyson confrontation would be pretty spicy, uh, if you ask me. But the last thing I have, um, certainly not the most important thing. Um, well, actually, the next to the last thing, the penultimate thing would be, of course, it is May twenty first, and like it or not, Happy Birthday, Chris Benoit. Mm. No. Yeah, um, personally one of my favorite uh, wrestlers, but still, uh, you know, deserves for the wrestling acumen. He deserves everything he's getting. But let's not forget that he's a fucking murderer. So it is what it is. Happy birthday to my favorite murder, murderous wrestler, Chris Benoit. <laughs> last week, <laughs> the very last thing, Mister Bianca Belair, Montez Ford, Axon by name, if you don't know. He is charging $100 for a cameo. I was thinking about that earlier, actually. Jim Cummings, who is the voice of Winnie the Pooh. And, yeah. Hmm. And also, famous YouTubers that I've just learned about 30 seconds ago, Tic Tac <laughs> Toy. Oh, no. My daughter knows that one. <laughs> no. They're horrible. Are they both? Higher or lower than Montez Ford? Oh no, I can't well, believe we know, you're we, we definitely toy. know the two the, the YouTubers higher. We know that Jim Cummings is lower. Yeah, I guarantee that Tic Tac toy is nuts, and I guarantee they're they're charging through the nose because they got kids stealing credit cards to do that crap. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, uh, Will th- you may be onto something because Tic Tac toy is charging one hundred ninety five US dollars. Oh my god! For a cameo. Oh my- Oh my lord! And to be fair, Jim Cummings at one hundred and seventy-five dollars makes sense because he's literally the voice of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I mean, and other slew of Disney characters as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like the big one, though. So Montez Ford at a hundred bucks, not making, not bringing in that Tic Tac toy money. Yeah. Jeez, is Bianca the on there? Well, I mean, again, he's only charging for Montez Ford, so hopefully. Maybe you can work something out. You know, maybe if you come up with some extra shekels, you can get both of them in there. But you get a run in, get a two yeah. for one deal. Right. <laughs> right. Oh man. Well, I absolutely think that would do it for this weekend. I really had so much to cover, um, and we got it done. But we will absolutely have a lot more to talk about next weekend after Double or Nothing. We kind of see how uh, that plays out. Uh, as we said earlier in the show, you know, the big the big question opening the question for you guys, the fans and listeners is what is it going to take for you to watch NXT? Um, and where are all the fans going who aren't watching? What What, what is the competition, the lack of interest, whatever it is? Let us know. 
um, in the comments, reach out to us on social media um, and, um, and, and engage with us on all platforms. With that being said, um, again, um, another rest in peace to Shad. Um, uh, the, the world uh, definitely lost a good one this week. And um, with that being said, we will catch you guys next week for our next week weekly episode. Everybody take care and be safe.